You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schisler. I'm your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor, and I'm also the founder of OneBestConsult.com. We're broadcasting today from the studios of Lone Star Community Radio, which is located in downtown Conroe, Texas. Conroe is one of the fastest growing cities in America. And let me tell you, it's booming. Business is good in Conroe and right here in Montgomery County. Well, PPP is back. Uh, if you the, the loans from the government are available, uh, started up this past week. And it's good news and bad news. Uh, good news is it should, it's going, the money is there. Bad news, perhaps, is the money's going fast. So be sure if you need and can qualify for this second PPP loan that you go to work on it right now. Find your bank, find your CPA, your accountant, anyone that can advise you. And you need, in my opinion, to have an advisor to walk you through all the steps so that at the end you can get that forgiveness that hopefully you deserve and your business will survive and then continue to thrive. You know, the weekly business hour has become the place where all of Montgomery County, in fact, people around the United States and the entire world have come to talk about business, share ideas that they can use in their business, and basically be part of these conversations that we start or initiate right here on the weekly business hour. So I think it's a great place. We encourage you to connect with us. One of the things you can do right now, if you want to see as well as listen to us, is you can go to YouTube or Facebook type in the weekly business hour and join us live so you can watch as well as listen to the program and the other thing you can do is email email me with a question about the show an observation if you got a comment or even a question about your own business let me know I'll do my best to answer your questions I love getting those emails in fact we're going to talk about one that I received recently in the second half of the show today and respond to the question that that writer posed so please Check it out, connect with the show. I also want to thank our sponsors. We have two wonderful sponsors of today's show. The first one is Catherine Lane. Catherine is an author. She writes fiction, uh, mysteries, uh, international flavor, uh, great books. And I encourage you to check her out at Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-Lane.com. You know, this time that we've been through in the last year and going to face some into 2021, you know, sometimes our routines get kind of, we start dragging and we need something. I encourage you to check out and find a good book. And Catherine will provide you with books that are interesting, keep your attention, and offer you a chance to sort of, if you will, escape from what's going on around you. So check out. Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, dash Lane, L-A-N-E, dot com on the books that Catherine has to offer. We're also pleased to be sponsored today by the Ellard Insurance Company. Ellard is a commercial insurance company located right here in Montgomery County. You know, your business represents a considerable investment of time, effort, and money. It deserves an insurance agency that has the same passion in protecting it as you do to make it successful. The folks at Eller Commercial Insurance can help you do that. Their only business 
is business insurance and they offer the expertise as well as good pricing, fair pricing on the policy's needs. I always emphasize the expertise because every business has nuances or differences that you need to let your insurance person look at as an advisor and make sure you've got the right coverage so when you need it, it's there. I would encourage you, check out the Ellard Insurance Company at www.ellardinsurance, that's E-L-L-A-R-D insurance.com. We have a business guest lined up to join us. I did an interview recently uh, with someone I think you're gonna find not only interesting, but who's gonna provide some of those ideas I always like to talk about that you can use in your own business. Uh, today, we're gonna have a expert conversation, if you will, with Jason Forrest. He's the CEO of Forrest Performance Group. They're one of the leading companies in the world in providing sales training, uh, sales management training. They work in the area of recruitment of salespeople. Uh, I encourage you to listen to the interview. Again, I think you'll find it interesting, but I also think Jason offers some tips and hopefully some encouragement so you'll go to their website and check them out. Uh, they've got a lot to offer, particularly if you're engaging your first salesperson or adding another one, or you have sales management in place, Great information, great tips, and great guidance to make you more effective in the area of sales. So please give it a listen as I talk to the expert, Jason Forrest. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a uh, what I like to call a conversation with an expert today in the area of sales recruitment and training. Uh, Jason Forrest, the CEO of the Forrest Performance Group, uh, is here to talk to us and have, I hope, a great conversation. Uh, the Forest Performance Group is the fastest growing sales management and training company in the United States. It's a global leader, designer of sales, sales management, customer service, and executive training programs. Uh, the Forest Performance Group has won multiple awards uh, internationally for its one-of-a-kind behavioral-focused training methodology. And uh, as promised, we have Jason Forrest here live and in person. So Jason, uh, before we jump into our conversation, uh, share a bit of your background and your organization uh, with the audience, if you don't mind. Sure. So we've been in business now for a little over 11 years. Before that, I was at a partnership organization. So I've been doing the sales recruiting, sales training, sales management training for 15 years total. And then prior to that, I was the head of national sales training for a Fortune 500 company. But I had one main goal when I went off my own, and that was to ignite the pride, purpose, and respect to professional selling. What I, what I realized is that most sales training programs out there, they were actually doing more harm than good. They were causing uh, leashes. They were causing self-image problems. They were causing reluctances and rules and stories and basically embedding excuses in salespeople. And so I wanted to be the first training program out there that was leash free, that gave people honor and respect and, and, uh, and again, brought back that nobility to selling. So we did that with selling and then with sales management, uh, turning sales managers into the Bill Bilicek, Nick Saban, Pete Carroll of coaching. And then we, which we talk all the, all day long about Alabama and the most recent success that obviously Saban had. And then lastly, we've added the recruiting portion on it as well. So we can go out there and find a, a fearless sales warrior for you and make sure they're better than half your team and then onboard them and train them in our warrior slaying program. 
way you do provide the complete package. There's no doubt about it. You mentioned the term sales warrior. Now that evokes all kinds of thought. Uh, what is a sales warrior? Yeah, well, the first thing is everyone needs to realize that there's a warrior within all of us. So any human being that's listening right now that has overcome any sort of adversity has a warrior archetype in you. So if you've, uh, when you were a kid, if you, you know, were able to uh, overcome a bad grade or, or overcome some adversity and get yourself on a, a, a starting role on a team, or, you know, maybe you overcome a divorce in your life, or you got fired from a job and you, you came back from a setback. Uh, I mean, there's all, we all have warrior spirit in our life. Any mother who's labored a child has a warrior spirit. So a warrior is just that ability to overcome any sort of conflict and adversity of whatever circumstances that kind of come our way. A warrior always finds the advantage. And as well as from a customer's perspective, a warrior is really a first responder. So think of, you know, modern day warriors are the firefighters and the police officers and the soldiers that are out there. Well, these are the first responders that are there to protect our citizens. Well, just the same, a warrior sales professional is there to protect the customer from really being manipulated or conned by the competition that's trying to manipulate them into spending less and getting less, as well as a protector of their company's brand, their company's profit margin. So just, again, think of them as more of a protector than anything else. Well, let me ask you, you mentioned protector. That's a, that's a great word, I think. Uh, but what are the characteristics of a good sales warrior? I mean, what, what should we be looking for? Or what should they have? Well, a good acronym to write down is the act is is the, the word GUMP or acronym GUMP. So my name is Forrest, last name Forrest. So Forrest Gumps, right? And so, you know, the G stands for goal oriented. So these are salespeople that wake up every single morning with crystal clear goals on what they're going to achieve by when, how they're going to achieve it, uh, what's their process pattern and strategy. So a person who has high goal clarity doesn't need to be managed by their sales manager. They don't need to be managed. They instead, they can be coached. So if a person has low goals, they're going to have to be managed. If they have high goals, they can actually be coached because someone with low goals, then the manager is going to be going to them saying, hey, who are you calling on today? Who are your prospects today? Who are you working today? Someone with high goals, the, the salesperson, sales warrior tells the coach, tells the manager, hey, here's who I'm working today. Here's where I'm stuck. Here's where I need help. And so it's very self-maintained. Self the U stands for unleashed, unleashed of the uh, the emotional charges, the limiting beliefs, the, I call them four types of leashes, self-image, stories, reluctances, and rules that I wrote about in my book called The Mindset of a Sales Warrior. Um, and I talk about the 42 strategies on how to remove those, those leashes, that confidence that we have. And we see that a lot. I mean, think about as soon as the coronavirus hit in March, you know, so many people out there immediately said, okay, well, that's it. I can't sell anymore because of the coronavirus. And I can't be face-to-face -face anymore. I used to do all my business face-to-face. -face. I can't sell over Zoom. They immediately had all these leashes that kept them back. And then M stands for motivated. These, this is specific energy. So motivation is different than what we think in my perspective. It's, it's the energy to keep prospecting. So whenever we get ghosted from a customer, a customer doesn't call us back, do we have the ability to keep pushing through and keep persevering to get, to get that person on the phone with us? And then last... P stands for procedural based. And that is, um, there are two types of meta patterns in the brain or several meta patterns, but this specifically from a neuro-linguistic programming perspective is either option-based or procedural based. And so option-based is every customer is different. Every customer is unique. 
procedural based is no, every customer's got the same kind of process we're going to follow. And the top salespeople are very ritualistic. They're very process oriented. The bottom salespeople are very fly by the seat of their pants, very, very inconsistent. You know, one of the things backing up, it was interesting, the motivation. I had a uh, someone I've known in my life and became somewhat of a mentor to me along the way, uh, led a sales organization, in fact, owned a business, a forms business back in the day when there were lots of forms being used. He had 25, 28 salespeople at any given time. And he says that, you know, the old 80-20 rule, but the point he made to me that stuck most was that he said, our salespeople made four to six calls a day back in the day when it had to all be face to face. And he says, if they've been rejected on their two first, two first calls of the day, then they're no good the rest of the day. But my two or three leaders, the guys and gals at the top of the board, uh, they, they, they were motivated. They knew how to overcome that and just keep moving. What do you say to somebody that approaches you, manager, owner, and says, gosh, my salespeople, you know, the rejection factor or whatever, the COVID, it's just gotten to it. What do we do about that? Well, specifically, that's why I addressed, I addressed a lot of those concepts in the book, The Mindset of a Sales Warrior. And, and it's, again, 42 strategies on how to remove those excuses that we're, we're, we're addressing and referring to. Uh, but but one of the strategies that I would just, if I could just teach off the cuff right now is, is um, let, let's just presuppose that a person does have high, high goal level, they have high energy, high motivation, they are procedural based, but they, they are starting to get some stories inside of them, some leashes inside of them that say, hey, no one's buying, you know, people make generalizations, no one's buying during COVID or no one can afford my product or service anymore. And we kind of overgeneralize things. And so, you know, one of the things that I would do with them immediately is I would just uh, confront that generalization by saying like no one like so so no like no one's like in no none of your none of your salespeople none of your peers right now have sold anything well i guess someone sold sold something okay well well what what did they sell and how did they sell it and what did they do so one i think it's important to not generalize things and then the other thing i think the more you can kind of chunk things down the more control you can have over it so for example, I always tell people there's only a few type of outcomes that can happen in every sales conversation. So one type of outcome is that you move the sale forward. You know, So you have a conversation with them, move the sale forward to the next conversation. Uh, the second outcome is that, is that um, they buy from you. It's always a great outcome. So they say yes. Uh, the third outcome is that they say, hey, you know what? I really like everything you're offering, Jason. Uh, I think this is a great product or service that you're offering. The recruiting is amazing. Training is amazing. However, timing's bad, you know? We're not gonna go with anyone else. When we decide to recruit, when we decide to train, we're definitely going forward with you. Okay, no problem. So when would you like to pick this conversation up? January, February, March, when you pick it up? So that's the third outcome. And that happened to me and it happens to everyone. But, you know, like, I mean, I have 15 or 16 people right now that in December said, it's just not the right time for them. And so they're all, they've all been scheduled for additional conversations in January and February you know, to continue the conversation. So it was just a not yet, you know? And then the, the fourth outcome is they tell you, just not a good fit. We're just not a good fit for each other. But I think if people can realize that, okay, well, every time I talk to a customer, my goal is to achieve resolution around one of those four outcomes. Again, outcome number one, I, have, I move forward in their conversation. Outcome number two, I close them on buying for me. Outcome number three, 
I close them on not going with anyone else, but just not the right time with us right now. And then outcome number four is we both agree that we just aren't the right fit for each other. And so I think if people can organize it that way, it does remove some of that charge. Well, and I think you make a great point is by putting them in one of those four categories as they are, uh, then that relieves us of kind of like, where are, where is this prospect? What am I supposed to do? Uh, and then I can move on. And I assume that's one of the goals in teaching people how to do that. That is one of the goals. And it's funny you mentioned categories because that's what I just refer to as more of the four outcomes. But as it relates to categories, we do teach as well. There are three categories of every buyer. And so you have your category one buyer, which is your true just looking buyer. And we know they're just looking because they haven't decided to make a change. So they're just kind of checking out options. Or, but, they, but if you ask them that critical question of, hey, great, have you definitely decided to leave your current vendor? Have you definitely decided to try a new strategy? You know, you got to ask some sort of like, I'll call burn the boat question. Category two is someone that's decided to do something, but they're overwhelmed with all the options. And then category three is someone who's torn between you and your biggest competitor. And so it's very important, you know, this would be like my version of the ABC system. I can't stand the ABC system because it's too subjective. So my system is more of a stages or categories of one, two, three, and they're just progressing in those categories, those stages. And that's all we have to do is just is figure out where they are in the category and then give them the appropriate selling message so that we're targeting where they are in the message. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, no doubt about it. Well, believe it or not, Jason, we're at the uh, end of our first segment. Uh, that was fast. Gentlemen, we're gonna, it does go fast. You know that you talk in your business quite a bit and uh, you gotta get your message out there as quick and efficiently as possible. So ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll pick up this conversation. Uh, what are the, talk about failures, salespeople's failures and why do they fail? And I think that's one of the most critical things, whether you have one salesperson or 50 salespeople to understand. So please stick with us and we'll be right back with you. In a COVID world, businesses require a solid choice in insurance protection. Even after the pandemic passes, business owners will need expert advice and coverage in order to resume operations. Ellard Commercial Insurance is the local go-to source for insurance for small to medium-sized businesses and commercial property owners. Whether a business is a sole proprietorship to a fast-growing brick-and-mortar or online entity, Ellard can provide a comprehensive analysis and extend full protection to meet each specific need. Services include general liability, workers' compensation, business owners' policy, commercial automobiles and property, cyber liability, and more. Ellard Commercial Insurance is ready to answer questions and fill insurance needs at 281-827-0990 or at chris at ellardinsurance.com. That's E-L-L-A-R-D insurance.com. Award-winning international author Catherine Lane presents the latest book in the Nikki Garcia thriller series. Revenge in Barcelona continues the adventures of a world traveler who finds herself a target in a global scheme of terror. Purchase this volume and the other two books in the Nikki Garcia series, Waking Up in Medellin and Danger in the Coyote Zone, individually or in a special box set on Amazon or at katherine-lane.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-L-A-N-E.com. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler of the Weekly Business Hour. I'm your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. Uh, we're having a 
I consider a really great and powerful conversation with an expert today. And our expert today is Jason Forrest. He's the CEO of Forrest Performance Group. They work in the area and are internationally acclaimed in the area of sales training, sales management training, sales recruiting, all things sales, which to me is the number one thing for every business. You gotta have sales, you gotta have revenue. So Jason, when we went to break, I promised folks we'd come back and talk about some reasons that salespeople fail. Uh, it's a critical thing for those of us in management, ownership to understand. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so let's go back to the, the idea of the, the, the GUMP, the goal-oriented, unleashed, motivated, procedural-based. Well, there's, there's uh, four areas when it comes to knowledge that a salesperson must master. So they must master their product knowledge. They must master their brand knowledge. They must master the deal knowledge. They gotta be able to sell the deal, sell the finances, the number, the ROI. And then last, they gotta master the selling skills process and language. So think of those are the four areas of knowledge that a person must master. Well, there's also four types of leashes that a salesperson must let go of. So everyone can kind of visualize this formula of performance equals knowledge minus leashes. Performance equals knowledge minus leashes. So you would hope in the real world it would be performance equals knowledge, being that I learn something, knowledge, and then I immediately do it, performance. But that doesn't really work though, because we've got human beings and we've got a fear or a reluctance we have to remove from doing that. And so, for example, let's say we teach every salesperson, hey, ask every customer going forward, you know, I'm curious what questions or concerns, what holds you back from choosing us today? A very simple technique a person could use knowledge-wise. But then we go and ask salespeople, so did you ask that question? No, I didn't ask it. Well, why not? Well, because I, I, I was afraid that I wouldn't know um, how to respond to such and such objection, okay? Uh, or I, I could already tell you, Jason, they're not going to buy because they already told me that they're cutting costs right now. And so what's the point of asking? Ask if I already know they're not going to buy. That's a story. Uh, reluctance. Well, I thought it was too soon, Jason. I don't want to come across too pushy. That's a reluctance or fear. And then last is a rule. Well, you know what? I, I never ask anyone to buy on the first conversation. I mean, that just seems kind of crazy, right? So well, when do you when you do it? Oh, I mean, I ask on the second, third, fourth. It just depends. I need to know three people on three different levels of the organization. And once I know those three people and and then I've had five different conversations with them. Then I'll feel comfortable asking. Well, that's a rule, you see. So the reason why people fail, presupposing that again they have they've mastered the product knowledge, they've mastered the brand knowledge, they've mastered their selling skills and language, they've mastered their ROI benefits, which they need to do. If they don't master those, that's important. But once they master those, the reason they fail is because they don't remove the, the self-image stories, reluctances, and rules that hold them back. And they've got to work on that part. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the difference that takes, that takes a, um, you know, a salesperson that's really kind of a helper relationship oriented salesperson to a true warrior is removing those leashes. Yeah, I, I like the word, uh, the word leashes uh, that resonates with me and I assume a lot of folks that you're holding somebody back and in this case, holding yourself back by allowing those things to kind of rope you in makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about uh, use the term sales management um, because again, if an owner only has one or two salespeople, or you've got an entire team with a sales manager, um, coaching sales management. How does that all blend together? Or how does that different people to understand that? Well, it's very different. So first, you need to think of a salesperson as an athlete. 
and therefore they should be coached like an athlete, not managed like an employee. And so the mistake that we do when it comes to salespeople is we're always kind of managing their, you know, their circumstances. You know, I always say a lot of managers are there to kind of, seems like they're almost like overpaid admin that are trying to make the life easier for their salespeople. Salespeople complain, hey, our price is too high. And the sales manager says, okay, well, let me go see if I can give you some incentives or some deals to help negotiate. They're almost more of a, a go-between in a lot of cases between the owner and the salesperson. And so they need to shift their identity to going from, I'm here to make things easier for you to I'm here to make you better. And let's, if, if every sales manager could just wake up starting tomorrow and say, I have zero control over changing the price, changing the product, changing the CRM, you know, changing the incentives, changing the deal. But what I can do is I can coach you to help you sell through those situations. And, and the reason why I like that as a metaphor is because, you know, that's how my team is brought in. You know, my, my team is brought in and my, and, and, you know, our clients will constantly complain uh, to sell people will complain at first to my trainers and I could sell more if only, and I have all these if onlys. And then my trainers go, look, we can sit here all day long. You can tell me and complain about these things that, that, that we at FPG have no control over. We have no decision or authority power over your pricing, everything else, or we can show you some techniques right now on how to use your process, your language, your mindset to sell through that. So how would you like the conversation to go? And I just, I use that as a good metaphor for everyone because if a sales manager can adopt that coaching spirit, you know, just as a Nick Saban and Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick would, you know, I mean, think about a player comes to one of those main coaches and says, and says, hey, I'm being, you know, I, I can't play in this game because, you know, so-and-so competitor is, is uh, out doing such and such with me, you know? I mean, Saban doesn't look at the player and say, okay, well, let me see how I can make it easier for you, right? Saban looks at the player and says, hey, let me, let me teach you some strategies on how you can play up. Uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense and I'm, I'm sort of grinning as I listen to you because uh, my take, I guess, was a little more negative as a, a business owner of multiple businesses and whatnot that I, wore all the hats of the business and sales was one of them. And when I started engaging salespeople as we grew, uh, it became what I call excuses or in your case, leashes. We were folding ourselves back as a team and, and so on and so forth in the individual. And so the coaching thing makes so much sense. Um, again, I was raised in an environment that was generational. Uh, you know, you can't, there's nowhere on the deposit slip for excuse. Uh, that kind of training uh, I received very early on. So we were always looking for better ways, uh, different ways to achieve the results that we wanted to achieve. Uh, so it's, it's an important concept that's been around, but I really like the way you phrase it. How would you encourage to kind of maybe do a quick role play or something uh, in your talking with a salesperson that has uh, has generated this this attitude or whatever that they uh, are being held back, so to speak, and can't win the game without certain things changing on the field, which nobody has control over except them. How would you talk to them to say, hey, you're going about this all wrong? Sure. <clears throat> so first off, I would just, it always goes back to your original goal, your outcome. And so, you know, if I was coaching you, I would say, Rick, 
I definitely want to address your concern. Before we do, though, let's make sure our goals are calibrated. So you said you still you said you wanted to earn, you know, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars this year. And uh, is that still the goal? And you go, well, yeah, it's the goal, but I don't know how I can with COVID and everything else is going on. And I understand, but that's still the goal. Well, what's important to you about, about achieving that goal? Well, we got a big house that we want to buy and I need that kind of, I need the money in order to put the savings away for the house. And I totally get it. Okay. Let me ask you then, uh, Rick, suppose I could show you a way to, to sell through such and such. Would you be interested in hearing that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you could show me how to, how to get a customer to, you know, to buy something from me over Zoom versus versus normally I'd be face to face and I can't get inside their offices anymore, then yeah, I'd be very interested in that. Okay, uh, well, <clears throat> you know, uh, and then I would just, that's it, right? So I would kind of just, and then I would start teaching them through that process, whatever that process is that we come up with on how to specifically do that. And then, um, and whenever you coach someone, you're always, you're always pre-framing it. The pre-frame is suppose I can show you a way to do blank. And then the what is what are we focused on? The how is how are we going to go about it? And then the validate is, you know, Rick, I believe that's a good plan. I believe when you do that, I believe you're going to have the success that you're looking for um, to move a sale forward. And then, then you got to remove the leashes, which is, well, Rick, what do you think? You know, do you believe it's going to work? And will you try it? And when, when will you try it? And when can we follow up to just talk about how it worked? It all makes good sense. And I think that's a great approach. And hopefully the audience will pick up on some of those ideas. Let's go back to the very beginning in the whole process with sales. And that's when you hire uh, a new salesperson uh, or uh, the onboarding, which I happen to be a big believer in proper onboarding of every employee. Talk to us, if you would, about uh, some ideas about hiring the right person and then onboarding them correctly. Sure. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> um, so again, we go back to this idea of of whenever you hire people, again, we're a big fan of, of using assessments. I think it's important to always top grade your existing people. So you want to look at your people and, um, and then you want to use assessments with your people, behavioral, not personality. And then you want to make sure that you're only bringing people on that assess um, better than your bottom 50%. So you always want to top grade. You always want to improve. Uh, but then, you know, once you bring them on board, I think it's very, very important that you immediately put them through some sort of 90-day tactical training program that specifically is teaching them those areas of product knowledge, brand knowledge, uh, deal knowledge, and then selling skills and language. And so at FPG, we've got a 90-day program that, again, is currently listed as number one in the United States, number two in the world. And it's like the CrossFit of sales training. It's very, very intense for the first 90 days, but we give them, you know, it's a two-day boot camp. And then it's followed up with uh, two hours of weekly calls on Zoom where they're memorizing a script, they're learning a script, customized to their language, to their company, their situation. Uh, they're bringing their real life prospects to the table every week to talk about how what's working, what's not working. So just think of it this way. The, the best way we learn how to fly a plane is to, to learn the concepts, but then we get in the cockpit and we have a flight instructor next to us who dials us in along the way. We don't go to a two-day boot camp on learning how to fly a plane. That would be ridiculous. And so the best kind of training is that is that very hands-on experiential learning type of training. And again, it needs to be very hardcore. I think it was like the Navy SEALs for 90 days. Well, I like that approach. I mean, like you have that you teach and you believe is that onboarding process in that first 90 days. Um, makes a huge difference. Again, in my case, 
that everybody ever employed in my companies that made a lot of sense. What uses, and this is kind of an off the side question, but I'm a, a small business owner and I've started a business, I'm growing, and I'm ready to put my sales hat partially on my first salespeople. Any, any tips on hiring that first salespeople as you grow your business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I think it definitely needs to be a strategic priority for the owner, because uh, we all know there are two problems in business. There are sales problems and all the other problems. And so that that sales, that owner really needs to say, okay, you know, this is the year, 2021 is the year I'm going to br bring on a salesperson and have my first salesperson. And so it needs to be something that that, uh, that owner commits to you know, for the first six months, they got to be really committed. And then to me, obviously you can outsource it to a partner like us who can help do the onboarding, but you can't just still hand it off to us and say, we're going to give you some sort of magical salesperson without your supervision. So it's a partnership. I always tell my clients, we're going to co-parent this new person. You know, we're going to co-parent this new salesperson. You're going to work them on your side when it comes to product knowledge and brand knowledge. I'm going to work on on my side when it comes to selling skills, language, deal, then we'll sell the deal, et cetera. So we're going to co-parent them in order to be successful. Um, I also think it's important that a sales manager or an owner learns how to do daily huddles. So I'm a big fan of daily huddles. So think of a sports team, how they have huddles. A big reason for huddles is because if you aim small, you miss small. So most businesses, they aim for the year and they miss their year. They aim for the quarter. You know, they have to recalibrate quarterly or monthly or weekly but daily is ideal. And so every day you, you have a, a quick 30 minute or less meeting with you, your salesperson or your sales team. And you just, you focus on four simple questions. You know, what are you focused on today? So who is your focus today? Uh, why is that your focus? How are you going to move the sale forward? And uh, where are you stuck? So what kind of coaching do you need? And, and you're going to get good answers with that. They're going to tell you, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pursue so-and-so and I got a proposal with them and, and um, you know, they, they have an objection on our price. And so I just need to figure out how to make sure I present the right price to them. Okay. Well then the owner can start every day with a huddle. Well, then they can hear what those big sales stopping moments are. Then they can have additional 15, 30 minute dial in coaching sessions with that person. That's going to help move sales forward. Yeah. I, I think that's a wonderful uh, suggestion though, is the daily huddle. You can't just wind them up and turn them loose. And again, you make a great point. Sales, and then there's everything else. Those are the challenges that every business, small or otherwise, faces, in my opinion, on a daily basis. Well, Jason, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. I know you've got a lot of upcoming events. Do you want to share any of them that might be beneficial for our listeners? Sure. So if you go to fpg.com, you can see we've got a monthly uh, monthly training programs that start up. It's a two-day boot camp, but that's the beginning of the 90-day program. And um, it's it's we have one for B2B for warrior selling. We have B2C. We have one specifically for home building. Uh, we've also got um, uh, a leadership sales coaching program that starts up every month. But these are all programs that start up every month that people can attend. Again, right now, it's everything's virtual. We're having lots of success with it. Um, and and uh, so again, you go to fpg.com, F is in forest, P is in performance, G is in group.com. And then also, if you're listening right now and you want a copy of my book, The Warrior, the, the Mindset of the Sales Warrior, if you go to the web address of warriormindsetbook.com, 
So warriormindsetbook.com. You can get the book for free. You just have to pay shipping and handling. Um, and there's some other offers in there for you as well. If you don't want to do that, then you just go to Amazon and pay whatever, 25 bucks for it. But again, that book was listed as the best new sales book in the world in 2019. Um, so listeners can get that as well today. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, any other things that uh, if people want to contact you, your organization, the website, the most effective way to do that? You could do that or you could just email me directly at jason at fpg.com. And uh, I'd love to have a chat with you. Or if I'm not available, I can I definitely take one of my advisors could could uh, could set up a call as well. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us today. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break now. And when we come back, um, first thing I'm going to do is kind of review the conversation with Jason today. Uh, we have an item in our listener mailbag. Uh, listeners asking, how do I find a good coach or mentor? And our one best consult tip of the week is, are you able to utilize your asset in 2021? So Please stay with us and we'll be right back with you. In a COVID world, businesses require a solid choice in insurance protection. Even after the pandemic passes, business owners will need expert advice and coverage in order to resume operations. Ellard Commercial Insurance is the local go-to source for insurance for small to medium-sized businesses and commercial property owners. Whether a business is a sole proprietorship to a fast-growing brick-and-mortar or online entity, Ellard can provide a comprehensive analysis and extend full protection to meet each specific need. Services include general liability, workers' compensation, business owners' policy, commercial automobiles and property, cyber liability, and more. Ellard Commercial Insurance is ready to answer questions and fill insurance needs at 281-827-0990 or at chris at ellardinsurance.com. That's E-L-L-A-R-D insurance.com. Award-winning international author Catherine Lane presents the latest book in the Nikki Garcia thriller series. Revenge in Barcelona continues the adventures of a world traveler who finds herself a target in a global scheme of terror. Purchase this volume and the other two books in the Nikki Garcia series, Waking Up in Medellin and Danger in the Coyote Zone, individually or in a special box set on Amazon or at katherine-lane.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-L-A-N-E.com. You've been listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and again, I'm Rick Schisler, our host. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Jason Forrest of the Forrest Performance Group. Sales, you know, it all happens only when there's sales. So I think it's a great area to spend a bit of time and to brush up if you're not up to speed. Uh, and make sure your sales force, whether it's yourself or you have professionals working for you, is at the top of their game. Well, in this second, uh, in this segment, uh, I would like to talk to you, as I mentioned before the break, uh, we've got an item in our mailbag, but before we do that, I would like to uh, remind you that a podcast video cast of today's program will be available to you uh, on Wednesday of this week. So you can go, if you miss something, you want to re-listen, you can do that. But I encourage you also to consider sharing it with other business people you know. Uh, hopefully they will connect with us and be part of the community right here on Lone Star Community Radio and the Weekly Business Hour. Well, a quick recap of our conversation with Jason Forrest. Uh, again, sales, nothing happens until there's a sale. 
always try to keep that in mind. I mean, we know it, but so many times I find the small business owners uh, and small businesses that I work with as a mentor and advisor kind of skate over sales. They, they say, well, we've got a great service, we've got a great product. Um, it really doesn't need much attention. The sales will happen. We're good, honest, hardworking people, and so on and so forth. And, you know, that's an interesting position. I'm not going to say any of those things are wrong, but you need help, uh, in my opinion. You need guidance. You need some training. If you, the owner, are the only salesperson, or if you have a salesperson or 10 salespeople, sales management, they need training. They need guidance on a daily basis. And so that's something that I think uh, that Jason emphasized, and I think it is very important based on my experiences of working with companies. Uh, two things he said, though, that stick out in my mind. First of all was his principle, the Gump principle, named for the, the book uh, movie character Forrest Gump, G-U-M-P. Uh, that's interesting. It's a good kind of a quirky way to remember it. But those four letters standing for goals, unleashed, for um, procedural-based and motivated sales. So left that M out, motivated. So it's goals, unleashed, motivated, and procedural-based. All four of those are important principles, and you need them together. You need the GUMP principle to be working for you and your business every day. You've got to have sales goals. Most of us do. You've got to unleash, which Jason defines as getting past some of the emotional roadblocks, uh, you know, afraid to ask for the order kinds of things. But there are a lot of emotional roadblocks that slow sales people down. And then there's the motivation, of course, keeping motivated, keeping fresh, coming in every day, ready to make it happen. And then procedural based. I think that's where some companies sort of slide, based on my experience, is they don't have a process and keep things moving through, keeping that database, whatever, everything well-oiled and moving. Because the process itself can deliver sales, even if you have weaknesses in some of the other areas. Having a good process will bring sales to the company in and of itself. So I encourage you, the GUMP process is something I would encourage you to study. Performance uh, was another thing. Performance equals knowledge, knowledge about the product, the industry, the customer, the prospect, minus the unleashing of the motor, of the uh, emotional issues that are holding you back. So it's the knowledge you have, okay? Performance equals the knowledge, less the, emot the emotions that stand in our way. And that's true in a lot of things, but it's particularly true in sales. So I think that's an interesting, uh, simple formula that can guide you about sales and understanding what you've got to do and what you've not you shouldn't do. So very interesting. I encourage you also, uh, he made an offer, uh, Jason did in our conversation, you may remember, uh, Mindset of a Warrior. Uh, it's a best-selling book. It's been out there for some time, uh, and they're available, a copy. He'll send you a copy free. Just go to their website at forestperformancegroup.com. That's forestperformancegroup.com, and you can click on the tab there and you can get a free copy of that book and if nothing else, that gives you some valuable information to improve your sales performance. Second thing I'd like to do is dip into the mailbag. Uh, 
you know, the mailbag is where you, as I encouraged you earlier, can have an opportunity to influence what's going on on the show. You can ask questions. And from time to time, I go into the mailbag. A question is somewhat interesting uh, or different, and I bring it on the air. Well, today I received uh, an email question uh, actually during the holidays. Uh, it's a time of year people, you know, make those, uh, you know, we try to set up a new game plan for our business, strategic plan, business plan, sales plan, marketing plan, whatever, our plan for our business. and. Uh, we try to promise ourselves that things are going to, you know, New Year's resolutions. But one of the things that quite often happens around the end of the year, beginning of the new year, is people recognize the need for a mentor, for a coach, an advisor to help them in their business. And as you know, I'm a mentor, advisor, coach, whatever label you want to put. I've been doing this for over 15 years uh, based on my experience in owning, operating, and selling a number of businesses in my career. I found it a lot of fun to be that serial entrepreneur, if you will. And I use that experience to help other people take their businesses forward so they can be successful and meet the goals that they've set for themselves, their families, and the business itself. So, you know, there are three basic steps I think you need to go through in responding to the question, how do I find a good mentor or coach? Uh, the first is sit down, if you haven't already done it, and list the three to five major goals that you have for your business what you're trying to accomplish with your business. Uh, if you have a mission statement, that kind of is an indicator, kind of a consolidation, but sometimes they may be a little squishy by necessity. But what are your, as the owner of the business, what are your three to five major goals with your business? Okay, make sure you put those down on a piece of paper, preferably, or type them up on the computer, whatever you'd like, but make sure you have them down because what this is gonna do, it's gonna tell you the kind of mentor, advisor, coach that you're looking for. You want someone that can help you address those three to five goals, if nothing else, okay? Because all of us, as a mentor, coach, advisor, we have different backgrounds, different experiences, different education, and there's gonna be a good fit or a better fit out there, but you only can determine that if you know what you really, really want. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, the second thing is um, take a, a look at your business and see what's going on with the business uh, and use your experience in networking okay, your connection to other business people, okay, and use this as a referral base for a mentor, coach, advisor. Yes, you can go on the internet and do a search and find someone. I'm not knocking that, but obviously, as with many things, a referral from someone you know from a trusted source uh, is better. Even contact a chamber of commerce business groups and ask for a referral. I think that gives you a head start on finding the right person. And the third thing I suggest you do is have a cup of coffee with a prospective mentor, coach, advisor. Uh, and a cup of coffee today is, you know, limited meetings in person, I get that. But the point is to have a casual, relaxed conversation with the person. In other words, this is an interview. You should have information about who they are that you've looked at, that's in print, so to speak, and you've checked on some background, you've Googled them and whatever, checked them out. But really, it gets down to arming yourself with that information and sit down and look for that fit, if you will, that fit, someone that can, at the very least, 
is on the same page with you on your three to five goals that you have for yourself and your business. Make sure they understand them. Make, you, can, you can tell. It's like any interview that you do. Look for that response, that emotion to join you and move forward. So I encourage you, go out and look for a mentor or coach uh, today. And if you don't have one, my success in business was always included a mentor by my side, at least one in every business I had. Well, we're going to take a break now. And before we do, I'm going to remind you that your business can sponsor the weekly business hour. All you need to do is send me an email at rick at irlonestar.com. I'll give you some information. We appreciate our sponsors, and I think particularly if your business is located in the Montgomery County area, you can see some results as being part of our community. But again, our community is throughout the world, and the neat thing about it is our video cast podcast, they are out there for up to two years. So, And we have found a great number of people listen to them in a month, two months, six months. So your sponsorship will be heard, not just live on the radio on Monday morning, but throughout the rest of the year and into the next year. So thank you very much. And uh, let's take our break and I hope you'll stick with us. Come back, one best consult tip of the week. What assets does your business have to build on in 2021? See you in just a moment. In a COVID world, businesses require a solid choice in insurance protection. Even after the pandemic passes, business owners will need expert advice and coverage in order to resume operations. Ellard Commercial Insurance is the local go-to source for insurance for small to medium-sized businesses and commercial property owners. Whether a business is a sole proprietorship to a fast-growing brick-and-mortar or online entity, Ellard can provide a comprehensive analysis and extend full protection to meet each specific need. Services include general liability, workers' compensation, business owners' policy, commercial automobiles and property, cyber liability, and more. Ellard Commercial Insurance is ready to answer questions and fill insurance needs at 281-827-0990 or at chris at ellardinsurance.com. That's E-L-L-A-R-D insurance.com. Award-winning international author Catherine Lane presents the latest book in the Nikki Garcia thriller series. Revenge in Barcelona continues the adventures of a world traveler who finds herself a target in a global scheme of terror. Purchase this volume and the other two books in the Nikki Garcia series, Waking Up in Medellin and Danger in the Coyote Zone, individually or in a special box set on Amazon or at katherine-lane.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-L-A-N-E.com. Welcome back. This is Rick Schistler, host for the Weekly Business Hour. And again, thank you for taking time to join us today. Hope you've enjoyed the show to this point. Uh, and I'm going to talk about our one best consult tip of the week. What assets does your business have to build on 2021? But before I do, just a quick reminder, we'd love to hear from you reach out to us, just send me an email. It's real simple. Send it to the station, rick at irlonestar.com and I'll respond to the email. This could be a comment about the program, it could be a question. We had a mailbag question just earlier in the program or a question about your business. Uh, that's what I do for a living on a daily basis is help people manage their business so that it can reach the success that they are looking for. So please reach out with your emails, rick at irlonestar.com. What assets does your business have to build on in 2021? 
I'm sure most of you have asked that question in some form, maybe more than once at the end of the year, or the beginning of this year. Uh, but I want to give you a, a simple three-step process that I encourage you to go through uh, to really take stock of the assets and see which ones are there for you in 2021. The first step is take stock of the assets on your balance sheet. Go to your accounting records and look at the assets that are on the balance sheet. Just the cut and dried, on paper, on the computer, printed out assets. Now, the totals will be on the balance sheet itself, but they're backup documents that should list the assets. Go down that list. Most of the things I understand, you already know. You know what equipment's there, you know where the trucks are, you know where the location is, you, you know, you're in that every day, most likely. But take stock, because I guarantee you, you're gonna find some assets that you're really not using. So take stock. It's better not to have something laying around that you're not using. It's in the way, one way or another. So I encourage you, first, take stock of the assets on your balance sheet. Now what's important is the next step, once you've taken that, that list and gone through it, is evaluate what assets you really need for your business to be successful in the coming year. In other words, what is it that you need? What assets? will make your business successful. And the first one is the hard assets, the ones we talked about on the balance sheet, the property, the equipment, the fixtures, the vehicles, the rolling stock. Those are the hard assets you take. What do you need? Do you need a new truck? Do you need a different kind of truck to perform the services you offer? Do you need a piece of equipment to automate uh, something in your manufacturing process? Or is a piece of equipment really worn out and, and costing you a bundle for service? Make a decision on what hard assets you need. Now, secondly, what skills do you need? I mean, when I have found that when business owners stick, step back and evaluate the skills that are needed by the employees, by the management, by the sales team, so on and so forth, that they really need to make their business more successful, to push them towards the goals they have for the business, if they're honest with themselves, they're going to find there's some skills that they need that they don't have. And it could be the individual that's in a particular position, as simple as that, just doesn't have the skills. So your options, train that individual or replace that individual, move them somewhere else uh, in your operation or if you have to, let them go. But be honest with yourself, what skills do you need in your business? Take stock, take inventory if you will to make it more successful. Suppliers, you know, I tend to find that people deal with suppliers on a hit and miss basis. If a supplier doesn't perform, we're mad, we find somebody else in a hurry, or somebody comes in and really sells us to replace our existing supplier with their company. But I encourage you to take stock of your suppliers, the current suppliers you have, will they meet, hopefully exceed what you need for the coming year to make your business successful. And last but not least, probably one of the more difficult things for any business, establish what your culture is. I find a lot of small business owners, people, uh, culture is something they feel is almost kind of like a voodoo. They just don't understand it. They don't want to deal with it. They ignore it, whatever. But the culture of business dictates the kind of people that you hire, the kind of people you do business with, and the kind of people that you buy from. 
because it all is reflected in the culture of your business. And you know, here's where a mentor, an advisor, a coach could really help you, but you could do this on your own if you want to, just to decide what kind of company do I want. I want to offer excellent, all times, 24-7 service that requires a certain commitment on your part, the business, the people, the vendors, the delivery systems, everything has to work together. And typically it requires a higher skill level in some areas than perhaps you're using now. So take stock, look at your culture. Third thing is, which customers do you have that are really an asset to your business? Uh, focus on those people, find out what they need, what they want. Yes, they've been buying from you, but could they buy more from you? Would they buy more from you? Do they need to buy more from you? It sounds silly, but the bottom line is, we have customers, all of us have customers who are dead weight. They really don't add to our business. Yes, they may buy things here or there, but then they're a constant issue of calls, communications, problems, complaints, and it just builds up and it sucks out the time that you and your business have to service the good customers, the ones you want, you need to be successful. So transition, if you haven't already done so, to the good customers and let them dictate how your business looks and how it runs on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, as I mentioned earlier, a mentor or coach can help you realize your goals by guiding you on how to use these assets that you have more effectively, the people, the hard assets, suppliers, your culture. It's a good time to think about that. Beginning of the year, I've talked about it on the show already today, is find someone to help you sort through all this and help you make what potentially could be very difficult decisions. So reach out, find a mentor or consultant. Glad to guide you at onebestconsult.com. We have a great community of small business people there and we help each other. I also offer my services as a professional coach, mentor, advisor to businesses every day and I love doing it. So please think about that. Well, I encourage you to put a note on your calendar to join us next Monday right here on IRLoneStar.com at 11 a.m. Got a great show lined up and I hope you'll come and, and benefit from what we have to offer. Again, look for a video podcast of today's show on the weekly business hour page of IRLoneStar, OneBestConsult.com, Facebook, YouTube, and many social media sites. And again, thank you for joining us. And remember to stay in touch with what's going on here in Montgomery County, right here on Lone Star Community Radio. Until next week, stay engaged and keep your focus always on what counts for your business. Thanks.